Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are, wherever you are. This is Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, and with me in the land of the Red Dragon is the gold standard in ghost hunting, the most reverend Steve Parsons. Most he. Yeah, that too. And joining us, believe it or not, is a new voice. Well, an old new voice. Well, I can't say that either. So, <laughs> I don't know. Some kind of voice from the West Coast. It's our favorite West Coast switch, Marla Brooks. Just chiming in. Hey, we're spanning halfway across the globe. Figure that one true. No, hey. we're not. Yes, we are. No, we aren't. It's not anywhere close to half the way across the globe. Sorry. What's the diameter of the Earth? I don't know it off the top of my head, but I will guarantee that I, I will bet you a whole dollar that it isn't. <laughs> That's confident. An American dollar, which is worth more. <laughs> what? E pluribus unum. That's right. In God yeah, we trust. In God wet rust. No, that's, uh, that's what they do in England. That's what it says. It says, in God, wet rust. If it's still around, by the way, I, I don't don't know if it'll last another decade or so before it gets absorbed into Europe. I have no clue. Anyway. Uh, we won't. I, yeah. Anyways, uh, great news, of course, from the, the wonderful Republic of Massachusetts. Uh, we have a great company here who invented a brand new uh I guess you would call it MRI machine for the luggage at airports. So we will get to airports and TSA much quicker now. Mm-hmm. Uh, England, England, of course, has, has what's the word, eated it, dieted it, whatever. They have told all airports in their country to buy this stupid machine. So there you go. So, Steve, you'll be up to the modern times Thanks to us. Uh, actually, I used one in Atlanta uh, about a decade ago. Mm, made in Massachusetts, sorry. Might have been made in Massachusetts, but London will be the first airport to have it. No, we already have it in the United States. We have it in, uh, I believe, four airports already. Yeah, you have it in Atlanta. I know that for certain. Yeah, so what are you saying? You're going to have the first to have it. The new one. Once- Heathrow will be the first one. Yeah, yes. the new ones. It's the new uh, 360. Uh, yeah, you can see yeah. right through your clothes. Isn't it cool, huh? If you huh. want to. No. Yes, we yes. have that. We have that for ghost hunting, too. And that would be cool. Be able to see right through a ghost. Uh, funny story. Laura Wister, when she first joined the New England Ghost Project, we went on investigation, and we had IR cameras, and uh-huh. uh, and I had the IR cameras going, and, and then... Uh, we were sitting around, you know, as much as you do for ghost hunting, <laughs> sitting around doing nothing. And uh, I was talking. I said, yeah, this is IR camera. You know, you can see right through clothes. And I, you can see her because I was in the IR. You can see her. She's adjusting her clothes. <laughs> it was hey, fun. 
<laughs> Funny story about yes. IR cameras. Many, 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 many years ago, we were on a Skywatch with a with a UFO group, mm-hmm. and we were outdoors. And because we were outdoors at the Skywatch location, we had to bring uh, an outdoor porta potty and uh, like a windbreak to put around it for the ladies and mm-hmm. for privacy. And none of the ladies would use it because they thought the IR could see through the windbreak. <laughs> and gets better. So they decided to use their own toilet facilities behind a tree. And that was working fine until in the middle of the night, when it was very dark, one of them managed to pee in the handbag. Ah. <laughs> God, we don't have to deal with that. So anyways, uh, you know, we, we talk about ghosts and we talk about hauntings. We talk about... Uh, aliens and Bigfoots and, and all that stuff. And and I started thinking about other things in the paranormal. And one of the oh, things that I started to think about was Gremlins. I love that film. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, well, I think the most, other than that film, I think the most famous Gremlin, of course, was on the uh, William Shatner episode of uh, Twilight Zone. Of course, you both don't know it, right? Yes, we do. <laughs> He's on the aeroplane. They go through a lightning storm. Blah, blah, blah. He looks out and he sees the gremlin on the wing of the aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. I remember it in black and white as a kid. Yeah. I'd like to stay up to see the Twilight Zone. Ripping later. pieces of the engine off. Yep. Oh, so, anyways, oh. you never saw it, Marla? No, I did, but I was just going to say, what else would a gremlin do if he's on the wing, wing of a plane? I mean, it's boring. Eating well, in the rain, blow away, probably. No, the gremlins can't. Maybe they're so anyway, sticky. I wanted to find out a definitive... Yeah. Uh, You're not supposed definitive... to feed them after, before midnight, or after midnight. Yeah. So anyways, I wanted to find yeah, a definitive uh, history of gremlins. So I went to the definitive book, of course, the Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits by... Rosemary Ellen Gotti, blessed her soul. So this is what she wrote. Gremlin, a small pesky spirit that first appeared in the British military aircraft during World War I. Royal Air Force pilots sent out on dangerous missions reported seeing misty, goblin-like spirits in their aircraft. Pilots named them gremlins. Did you ever hear of that? Steve. Yeah, except I would dispute the date, because the first documented recording, recorded use of the word in print uh, doesn't appear until the 19, um, late 1920s in a poem. I remember this because I've got a copy of the poem somewhere. Uh, so the first World War data I would dispute, but it actually comes from the Far East. So it was the pilots that were in the Middle East and India. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a poem that was produced. Uh, yes, nothing about public was said about them. Nothing public was said about them until 1922. Perhaps out of the superstitious belief that it might be back black to acknowledge them. The term gremlin after. Grimm's Spirit Tales was not used until 1939 during World War II when a U.S. a British bomber squadron in India suffered numerous incidents of uh-huh. seemingly sabotage to their craft. Grimmins have since expanded their presence to both military and civilian. The, fir- the poem was actually published in the Aeroplane magazine in April, really? April 1929. I have a copy of it. There you go. 
Um, but yeah, I, there have been, interestingly, in a, um, the other sources uh, claim that it goes back even earlier through World War One, right the way back into mythology. Uh, and links to gremlin to spare, uh, fairies and leprechauns and goblins and all manner of other. Uh, but uh, it's really quite popular with Roald Dahl. Really? Um, because he was he was actually serving in the Royal Air Force in the Middle East, and he used uh, he in fact um, he uh, he wrote a story uh, after he had a crash landing. Um, oh, what did he call it? He didn't call it a gremlin. Well, there's a... He called know. it a flippity-jibbit or flip-widgets <laughs> or... He didn't use the word gremlin, uh, but he did actually understand, and he did write about them later. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't there an illustration in one of his books of one? There's that's right, there is. popped into my head, yeah. There is. Um... But definitely Roald Dahl, because uh, the boys um, have got Roald Dahl stuff, and um, there's mention of Gremlins. Of course, Dahl Dahl, uh, was was in the RAF um, in the Middle East. Right. uh, uh, According to this, they have been known to drink fuel, bore holes in aircraft, bite cables, <laughs> sever fuel lines, slash lings with invisible scissors, and punch and pinch gunners and bombardiers as they targeted their uh, target, you know, sighted their targets. Yeah. They're also blamed for poor landings of pilots. So there you well, go. This is what happens if you if you if you feed them after midnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and of course R- RF bombing raids took place at night. That's why the Americans who bombed in daylight didn't suffer them quite as much. Mind you, they were dealing with the Foo Fighters. No, we don't even go there, the Foo Fighters. That's a whole new oh, ball. My, well, I don't know. My daughter went to see them in concert a few weeks ago. I did, too, yeah. Not, not there a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Didn't Eleanor Roosevelt, that well-known uh, ghost... Didn't she... Um, did you say? What were you going to say? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, didn't she haunt... <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt, she haunts the White House, didn't she? And other things. Um, <laughs> didn't she have something to do with uh, a book that was published that had something to do with the story of Gremlins whilst Roald Dahl was in Washington during the war when he was um, posted over to America? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it, but... Me neither, but... Just, just placate them. Okay. No, seriously, there was. That's what I usually there, do. Make, make them. There was, there was a, there was a. Talking about. Roald Dahl wrote a, uh, wrote something, a story uh, during World War Two while he was posted to Washington, um, as uh, some some role within the RAF. He, he was then detached to Washington. Uh, to work at the British Embassy. While he was there, he wrote a, a story about. Gremlins. In fact, it might actually have been called Gremlins. Ooh, that's original. Uh, and Eleanor Roosevelt, I'm sure, either read it to her children or had some connection to the book. Okay, if you're sure, we believe you. I'm gonna. I I, I shall. I shall have a look on that well-known internet site Google. But I'm fairly sure that. Oh, I found it. You found I, it. Okay, but here. Yeah, but here, here's the thing. I found it on Wikipedia. 
No, oh, okay. I know you. everything on Wikipedia is just perfect, but let me let me. Uh... Well, if it's close up, because the boys have got Roald Dahl's story, so but that's where I remember reading it from. So yeah, I'm up. scrolling down to find her because there's a lot of stuff about the books and things, popular mm-hmm. culture. It's this is a mm-hmm. very long thing. Keep I'm talking, with... I'll find it. All right, so I, I will mention, by the way, uh, you know, gremlins have reportedly appeared in factories. They may be perhaps uh, the modern high-tech version of brownies, cabals, mm-hmm. domovics, um, boot, caps, well, <clears throat> boot caps, and other such spirits. Yeah, well, now col- you're talking my language. The Cornish have their own uh, variants of it. Uh, Pixies. The pi- the pi- no, not in Cornwall, they're Piskies. <laughs> The Piskies, yes. The Piskies. And they, they are also uh, mischievous little creatures who will tinker and interfere with um, your home or things around the home. Very similar to gremlins. Yes. Um, and leprechauns, too, in Ireland, if you, it, they can be a bit mischievous if you don't placate them and offer them gifts or forget to say... Particularly on the Isle of Man, for example, if you forget to say good, uh, good, good day to the fairies as you cross Fairy Bridge, they will come and break your car. Well, the brownies will clean your house if you're nice enough to them. Yeah, not my brownies. They just sell me cookies. Oh, here it just says... (laughs) It says here that, and and just in part, the British ambassador in Washington, Lord Halifax, and the first lady of the U.S., Eleanor Roosevelt, loved to read the book Gremlins by Raoul Dole to the children. I thought I remembered something about Eleanor. Yeah. Well, that was the lightning. Well, you know. Anyways, mm-hmm. so what the hell, you might ask, what the hell did one of these gremlins look like? During World War II, some were said to be six inches tall, six inches, with horns and black leather suction boots, while others looked like a cross between a jackrabbit and a bull terrier. Still, others were humanoid, about a foot tall, wearing a red ruffled jacket in green britches. Some had webbed feet with fins on the heels. So there you go. I'm of the opinion that gremlins and fairies and all those little creatures can ship, shape-shift. Ship-shape-shape-shape. Yeah, yeah, really. They're ship-shaped when they're shape-shifting. Um, damn, do that twice. Yeah, uh, yeah no, but, but no, they can. I mean, fairies are, are, we were talking about this on my show the other day, fairies are very prone to being shapeshifters and i would think all these little creatures because they're all magical in in some worlds um mm. could shapeshift and look like anything you want there you go See? i wonder if there's a maritime equivalent of a gremlin like no i mean because you know, sailors are notoriously superstitious aren't they this things, is true this things is true. go wrong at sea uh, as much as the albatross the, yeah the albatross well, the albatross is a symbol of bad luck to sailors, but I wonder yeah. if they have a... So are I, women. Go ahead, sorry. I wonder if they have some... Women are bad luck to every man. I knew it. Once I got that out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if there's a naval or maritime equivalent of a gremlin, things that sailors blame when things go wrong at sea or things break down at sea, or do they just use the term gremlin? I really don't know. Yeah. Because interestingly, I just found uh, that the, the origin of the word was actually uh, used, well, it was used by the Royal Air Force, but it may have originated with the Royal Naval Air Service, which was combined into the Royal Air Force in 1918. 
Okay, I believe you. Yeah, it's, that, it's, because nobody really knows where the word uh, where the the term was first used, because there are several claimants to the title. There are. So if it was Royal Naval Air Service, I wonder if they got it originally from the Navy. Could be. I don't know. I I, I actually went on my phone oh. to look. American Air Force did have gremlins. The Why should gremlins they? were called you Yahoo. Can... No, the American gremlins were called oh, the ah, sorry later American. The American Air Force in the 1960s had their own version of the gremlin called the Yehudi, named after Yehudi Menuhin because they were always fiddling around with the plane. <laughs> there like you go. The American what? Air Force called them in Vietnam. They called them Yehudis. Oh, how funny! Yehudis because they fiddled around with the plane. Yes, and for those I, I who don't know, he was a, a concert violinist. And Maybe he still is. I the general know. in charge yeah. of um, the general in charge of strategic air command, ba- uh, banned by direct order from General Curtis LeMay, um, and in the order it said, "Strategic air command does not have gremlins." Period. Oh, in response to in response to an inquiry. That's all you have to do is say, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, we have no gremlins. There you go. So there's, there's loads of interesting stuff I didn't know about gremlins. Gremlins are sophisticated technologically and understand even the most complicated equipment. No known instrument is beyond their intellectual capacity to master or tamper with. They also possess a sense of telepathy as they seem to know what a pilot is going to do before he does. Their range of activities are limitless, and besides their mechanical tricks, they have been known to produce the appearance of the ground in a completely unexpected place out of a cloud. Navigators have claimed that gremlins are even capable of moving mountains, islands, and under extreme conditions can even reshuffle the stars, making navigation a problem. (laughs) <laughs> so they never they're they're always in the air they're never on the ground no, it always seems to be an aviation related thing there is no um there is no other um well links, apart from the spielberg movie, uh, movie small town. according to this article the origin of of the word gremlin uh is disputed but it's said to derive from the old english word greme which means vexed or annoyed. <laughs> I've been called that many times. It refers <laughs> to a type of mischievous gnome, 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 gnome-like imp or demon, typically about a foot tall, which was probably the roots of the old folklore goblins and fairies. The original early representative of these creatures were skilled craftsmen with superhuman efficiency uh, with machines of all types and were once credited with... Oh, this is good. And were once credited by some with helping mankind along with that technology, such as the creation of the steam engine, and even they helped Ben Franklin with his work with electricity. Ooh, these were good guys. You think? You think? They're the one that that made the lightning hit his key on the kite? Is that? No, evidently. That was an accident. No, that was that was planned. Uh, <laughs> of course it was. We're Americans. We don't do things by accident. We think way ahead. 
But do you know that in uh, when Charles Lindbergh made his historic solo flight across the Atlantic in 1927, he reportedly saw spirits in his cabin. Yeah, they weren't gremlins, though, because he made Wait a minute, Harris. wait a minute. And that may have been gremlins or gremlin-like. By the ninth hour of his, of his journey, which took 33 and one-half hours, Lindbergh became fatigued. That'll do it. And began to, to detach himself from surroundings. I heard this, you know, that he actually, uh, you know, what do you call that when you leave your body? Astro-projected. He uh, became aware that the fuselage was filled with vaporous forms that moved freely about. They spoke in a friendly voice and discussed navigation. They reassured him of his safety and also imparted, uh, and also imparted, he said, information of a mystical nature. Oh, I get it. Lindbergh did not reveal the strange experiences until a publication of his book, The Spirit of St. Louis, in 1953. Ooh. So gremlins actually can talk to uh, pilots, according to the rest well, of Well, or it could just be simply argued that Lindbergh was uh, bombed off his head through lack of sleep, because before he even right. took off, he's going to wait for... Well, been, well, no, he was barely above the ocean. Um, in fact, on one, two or three occasions during the flight, he nearly hit the he nearly hit the Atlantic. But he, he, he in his in his memoirs, he writes that he, he wasn't able to sleep fully for almost twenty four hours before the flight, um, and that despite trying to sleep, he, he he lay awake tossing and turning and worrying about the flight before he even got there. So it's twenty four hours plus the thirty four five hours of the flight. Um, the man was hallucinating. Yeah, I guess so. According to this, the Battle of Britain was an enormous air, camp, air campaign waged against the United Kingdom by the German Air Force during the summer and autumn of 1940. In particular, it saw many cases of reported gremlin activity, so much, in fact, that the British Air Ministry even acknowledged the problem and made serious attempts to investigate the phenomena. The ministry even went as far as to have a service manual written up by a criminologist, pilot officer Percy. No, no, no. Pilot no. officer, pilot officer Percy. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Wait a Do minute. Let me finish my thing. No, and you can no, try. Because, no. no, because this is a good example of how the internet is leading you astray. Pilot officer Percy Prune is a very well-known cartoon figure within uh, – he was – he was used to teach aviation safety. He right, was, that's what they're saying. Yeah, he wasn't real. He was a cartoon character who always got everything wrong. He was uh, <laughs> the, the, the man that you would never trust. If it was going to go wrong, he would wreck it. He, he never existed. He was an, used as an example to stop pilots from or uh, air crew from screwing up. Uh, in a series of publications produced by the Air Ministry. The one you're referring to is a spoof because they set him up as a gremologist. Right. That's but what they were saying. Percy, yeah. If you let a, me finish the article, but well, no, you had a you jump say, in. No, because you were about to crack on that the whole thing was real because there is actually an internet. No, you don't. You didn't let me finish it. It's All right. Usual. You just well, interrupt, interrupted me. Go only because I don't want our imagining. listeners to start imagining for a minute that Pilot Officer Percy Prune was a real character. 
well, you're certainly a real character. I can tell you that. You're both real characters. I can vouch for that. Yeah, there you go. So, all right. We'll just see. So you're not yeah, going to. Com- that was a compliment, by the way. I'm sure it was. It was. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. That's what I said. Did, yeah. you, did you say I'm sure it was? Hmm. Mm, tone in your voice. Yeah. Oh, God bless us. Why did I do the show again? I don't know. Why do you do the show again? Glutton for punishment, that's why. Mm. Listen, I found this saying that says oh, that... Um, I, did, I, I did find something. That the gremlins' abilities include sabotage, advanced intelligence, mili- machinery expertise and craftsmanship, tool proficiency, small size enabling elusiveness, and telepathy. Now, they, the, the, they're... People that are kind of included with gremlins are Femlins, which is a female gremlin, a machine elf, Froggy the gremlin, widgets, <laughs> um, Fifanellas, and Flippity Ooh, like Yes. Their hobby is causing malfunctions in machinery. Oh, it's a hobby. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Their goal is to sabotage machines made by humans for their ungratefulness. Their crimes include sabotage and multiple manslaughter. And wow. the, ty- the type of hostile species that they are is mischievous saboteurs. Ron? Yes? Is your photograph a, a gremlin in a shapeshift? Could be. I never mm-hmm. thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Well, it Do you sounds think so? like a description of everything that's gone wrong with that photograph. I know it. It's absolutely. Yeah. Hey, you guys are in luck. Because I found a lovely poem about the gremlins. And when we come back from the break in a couple of minutes, then I will actually read this poem to you. Oh, God. (laughs) Excuse me? Has it got any long words in it? It's got lots of long words in it. Oh, boy. Okay, we, I, I think what? you need, what? Steve, I think you need to get a copy of that, and every time the word comes out incorrectly, you need to interject. You right. be the translator, in other words. Wait, like he doesn't interject enough already? Well, but but this would be for a worthy cause, because people would... A worthy cause? Yes. People people pay to listen to me babble on about yeah, only, only wrong once. words. They, no, they pay to leave. Oh, that's what it is. Maybe you're right. We give him money. Babylon in Babylon. Hmm. We give him money. Will he stop? No. He'd get worse. He'd want more. Anyway, we do have to take a break. But uh, anyways, you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles uh, International. Yes, it is. It is international. With uh, Steve Parson, the gold standard in ghost hunting. Uh, West Coast witch Marla Brooks in the poor... Misunderstood and Helsing. Right here on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, and we'll be right back after all of, oh, wait a minute, all of the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? 
then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Waiting for the gremlin. Welcome back to part two of Ghost Chronicles International, where tonight we are vexed by gremlins and joined by the lovely Marla Brooks. Hmm. I wonder what the connection there is. I don't know. All right. We'll figure it out. Anyway. Anyway, you're going to read us a poem. Do you really want to hear that? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Mm. Seriously? People, people are yeah. glued to their radios right now. Yes. Yes. Coast yeah. to coast. Okay. Oh, God bless us. This is the tale of the gremlins' A's told by the Prue. Hey, are you? Excuse me? You are going <laughs> to interject on me? Well, I was told to by my At Benson and Wick and St. Eval. No yeah, injection? Well. Okay, And believe me, you slobs, it's true. When you're seven miles up in the heavens, that's a hell of a lonely spot. And it's 50 degrees below zero, which isn't exactly hot. When you're frozen blue like your spitfire. And you know this poem, Steve? Of course, I've got a copy of it. I told you. Well, read it. Go ahead and read it. When you're frozen blue like your Spitfire and scared a mosquito pink. When you're thousands of miles from nowhere and there's nothing below you but the drink. It's then that you'll see the gremlins. Green and gamboge and gold. Male and female and neuter. Gremlins, both young and old. It's no good trying to dodge them. The lessons you learned on the link won't help you evade a gremlin. Though you boost and you dive and you jink. White ones will waggle your wingtips. Male ones will muddle your max. Green ones will guzzle your glycol. Females will flutter your flaps. Pink ones will perch on your perspex and dance pirouettes on your prop. There's a spherical middle-aged gremlin who'll spin on your stick like a top. They'll freeze up your camera shutters. They'll bite through your railer on wires. They'll bend and they'll break and they'll batter. They'll insert toasting forks in your tyres. 
That is the tale of the Gremlins, as told by the PRU. Pretty, ruddy, unlikely to many, but a fact, nonetheless, to the few. Mm. Uh, the aviation, the PRU was the photographic reconnaissance unit of the Royal Air Force, and yeah. their Spitfires were painted pale blue, and the mosquitoes, which flew higher, intended to be dawn and dusk, were painted pink. Yeah, well, I knew this was an English uh, poem yes. because they, cause they can't, spell, can't spell anything properly. <laughs> Ty is T-Y-R-A. Yes. Oh, God bless us. Whatever. How did we go so wrong? So when did we broke away? Well, you know, it's interesting. When I bought the series, when I started reading Harry Potter, Ooh. way back when, um, I actually got... What? Siri just popped up. All I said was Harry Potter, and Siri turned on my phone. And he says, hey, Siri! Griblins! Sure not. That, that's Shout exactly hey, right. Siri a lot. Because that, hey, that wasn't anywhere near me. That was kind of weird. Um, but, uh, but, but when I got the books, I always got the English versions rather than the American versions. That's they were stuff. so much more colorful to read, more interesting yeah. to read. You get Seriously. laugh at the language. No, no, I like it. Well, you know, it's part of my heritage, I guess. But I think that just throw a bunch of U's in for no reason, particularly at all. Well, I just got insulted because when the first book came out and everybody said that here in this country, um, which it was called the Sorcerer's Stone because they didn't think in England that we would understand what a Philosopher's Stone was. Sorry, either. That was like slap, 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 you know. So that's the this so I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna read this book and I'm instead of tennis shoes you got trainers and instead of sweaters they're jumpers and I you know it's fun. Just a bunch of prats and so yeah. <laughs> but do you know that all gremlins aren't really nice? I want to tell you a, a tale. According to the poem, none of them are. Well, some of them are plain right nasty. And according to the story, it'll actually make your skin crawl. <laughs> Increasingly, there are rather bizarre incidents pertaining to the American aircraft from 1939. Before America's participation in the war, which may may not have been related to gremlins, but let you decide. But it seems worth mentioning. Allegedly, a transport, whenever they say allegedly, you know you're screwed. Allegedly, a transport plane left Marine Naval Air Force Base in San Diego, California. Hey. Your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Around 3.30 in the afternoon in the late summer of 1939 on a routine flight to Honolulu with a crew of 13. Somewhere around three hours into the flight, it was reported that the aircraft made a sudden distress call, after which all communications went dead. Despite the fact that the radio was gone completely silent, the plane managed to arrive back at the base. Yet, the way it limped into the runway, bumpy and sloppy for an emergency landing, they knew something was wrong. The damage to the outside was heavy, almost as it had been hit by a missile or something. Immediately, the worried ground crew advanced the plane. As soon as the damaged plane had skidded to a halt on the runaway, 
as I like to say, the crews moved in to investigate. What they found would horrify them. Mm. Yeah, an inspection, an inspection of the craft's interior uncovered the bodies of 12 of the plane's crew, mm. all of them displaying gruesome, gaping wounds of unknown origins. Further adding to the strangers was the fact that the whole cabin reeked of a sulfuric stench, mm. and there were empty bullet shells strewn, strewn, strewn about the floor of the clock, cockpit, as well as the pilot and co-pilot's firearms were empty, indicating that the dead men had frantically fired at something. The only survivor was the co-pilot, who had managed to land a plane despite being severely wounded. He would die later at the hospital before having any chance to give account of what exactly happened aboard this doomed flight. That's I'm pretty cool. And presumably there's an official record of that. <laughs> presumably, yeah, of course it is. It's on uh, which, yeah. which you're referring to. That, so we can go and look up the details of the flight, the plane. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. If you go on uh, Wikipedia. Oh, or, God. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not on Wikipedia. I forget where I am. Oh, some site. Um, yeah, it's an official site. It has a a real website. Oh, well, that makes it perfect. Um, it's, a dot, it's a .com. So, oh, no, it's a .org, which makes it a smart site. Oh, is that it? Yeah, because if you're that .org, org means? that means, like, you know, you're... you're an like, organization? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely, you know, you're up and up. Well, I would like to know if there's any reports of witches having gremlins on their brooms and at, at high well, that's altitudes. Your, that's, wait a minute, that's your, your department, not ours. Well, well, I haven't heard of it, and I've, I've kind of been looking around here now, and there is no no uh, mention of it. So hmm. apparently they just they go for muggles as opposed to witches. Yeah, mm. you just blame it on whatever. Yeah. Like witches exist anyway. Oh God! Well, look, I just pinched myself. I'm still here. Okay. Hang on. Did he? Did he just question the existence of witches? And he comes yes, from New England. Well, yes. Where where the population of his home state managed to burn how many people? Massacre how many people? We didn't burn it. Well, there were 19 in, people hung. That was yeah, it. In the belief in witches. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a nice little, there's a nice little poster here. Gremlins think it's fun to hurt you. Use care always. Back up your battle skies. This is from, I assume, World War Two or One, one of them. Back Anyways, what's that? Back up your hard drive. Yeah, that's definite for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I've been told another reference uh, can be found by uh, Carol Rose. Uh, sp- spirits, fairies, leprechauns, and goblins in the Cyclopedia, uh, in which it attributes to, yeah, it goes back to uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales and also Fremlin Beer, the largest brewery in Kent. Is this true? You know, I, I'm getting the distinct impression that uh, with Gremlins, we don't really know very much apart from that some sometime during uh, around World War One, some 
flyboys from the Royal Air Force started to blame these mythical creatures on something. And now we've grown this... They're a bit like orbs, aren't they? We've grown this whole mythology. No, no. Grimless exists. No, I mean, they've grown the whole mythology about what they do, what they can do, what they look like, what they like to eat, uh, how they fire stir lifts uh, through, through windows, how you're not supposed to feed them, blah, 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 blah. So they, they've grown their own mythology, haven't they? Well, no, they've, they've been studied, and, and this is yeah, the thing. It's like studying any like, animal in the wild. You would, you've got people like Cassandra Reeson and everybody else writing. The habits of the, the lion or the, or the white gorilla, is, uh, or the silver uh, gorilla, excuse me, as mythical. They're not mythical. They've been studied. Gremlins haven't. Yes, they have. Are you they telling me the Diane... F- Okay, so Diane Fossey spent some time on an aeroplane <laughs> wing making friends with, with gremlins, did she? Evidently. Rather I don't think chimp. she did. All right, I've got a question for both of you. Are, okay, so we've talked about gremlins, but are things like fairies and pixies and brownies and stuff more credible, in your don't opinion, the, than gremlins? Well, in, in, Britain, in Great Britain on the West Coast, where I am, we have... Uh, Many, many, many fairies, but they are very, very different. And we've done this before. They're very, very different from the Disney Tinkerbell image well, of yeah, the fairy. Yeah, because exactly. fairies are human-sized, if not slightly taller. Some yeah. of them are big and ugly and mean too. Um, yes. And then you have all of the you have all of the woodland folk. Yes. Uh, including, as I've got a model here on the shelf of a Cornish Pisky. Oh. Uh, which alternatively bring you good luck or bad luck, depending on how you interact Treat with it. Treat them, yes. Mm-hmm. But all of these, all these, all of these mythical creatures here in the UK, um, they they have a dual personality. Um, they can be ext- an interaction with them can be extremely beneficial and rewarding, mm-hmm. providing you play by their rules and leave them gifts and offerings and remember to say please and thank you. All right. And woe betide you if you don't, because then you. So they're just like humans. In other words, is that what you're saying? No, they're more. They're very nice if you respect them. They're just like humans, but they are extremely vindictive. So you do you believe they're more credible than a gremlin? There are an awful lot of people still alive today in on the west side of Great Britain because it's predominantly a a west coast um, Celtic. So the Celtic side of, of Great Britain, mm-hmm. the, West, the Western side of Great Britain, um, the rugged side of Great Britain, where these uh, creatures predominate in mythology and folklore. And there are many, many people, for example, on the Isle of Man, there are many people uh, on the island who will not cross Fairy Bridge without remembering to say good morning to the fairies. There are people in West Wales who still uh, acknowledge the fairies on certain roads and, and trackways. Um, it's 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 out of superstition um, as much as anything because or experience or experience because you know uh, generations of their forefathers and their relatives have always remembered to bid these fair folk a thanks or a welcome or a good morning um, and so the, the the it just continues mm-hmm. so. Looks like gremlins could also be bukas, which is a Cornish term for seagoing goblins. So how's that, that spelled? B 
P-U-C-C-A-S. Yeah, because in, in, in Welsh, poltergeist, which is a noisy, troublesome spirit, is puka. This is B. And puka is also invisible creatures that are... Yeah, and big... it, there's also a... Puka is also an Irish word for a noisy, troublesome, mm-hmm. uh, mischievous spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you also have knockers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Tommy knockers? But, well, they're predominantly um, mind-related. Mind spirits, yeah. Mind yeah. Spirit. Cobalt, uh, yeah. Uh, K-O-B-L-D, mind spirits. Do you have so, mines in America? No, we don't have any mines. We have a, we have a town that's burning, you know, continue to burn forever. Yeah. Well, not that's forever. Spook, but that's on, creepy, but yeah. No, we have mines, and, and they probably have Tommyknockers in the mine. That's why Stephen King wrote the book Tommyknockers. Mm-hmm. Because we do have. It's also knackers, knickers, nuggies, springins, yep. and gathons. Yep. I, I investigated the Tommy Knocker once. Did, Did you, you really? Did you find oh, anything? We spent. We we. Uh, it was uh, at the National Coal Mining Museum in Yorkshire, England, and uh, we we spent twenty four hours, four hundred and fifty feet below ground because people said that the mine was haunted by Tommy Knockers. Was it? Or they just hide uh, themselves from you? Uh, they were hiding. <laughs> that kills me, right? Uh, I, I have to throw this out there. Uh, yeah, we, we did an investigation, and we investigated a, a place, uh, and, and we didn't get uh, you know as far as uh, anything evil or anything else. But, of course, the TV show A Haunting uh, was doing the house up, and, uh, uh, you know, they wanted me to go on a show. I wouldn't go on, but uh, Leslie did go on because what she just told what, what seeds. But anyways, so there, there just was that the evil spirits were hiding from us when we were there. That's why we didn't witness them. There you go. So see how they, they were able to solve all these problems? Well, that's what, I mean, that's what evil spirits do, don't they? All spirits. And by the way, uh, Tommy Knocker is an American term for the mind spirit. Uh, for is it? Yes. Is, is that used in America? Because it originates yeah. in Cornwall. Well, Knockers is the original uh of, but then most of the miners would have emigrated over from right. Europe, so they would have taken their oh, mythological. Yeah, yeah, they would have taken their superstitions and mythology. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now this is a, another spirit that I had wasn't aware of, and, and I guess I it most haunted that great show that screwed me into the uh, paranormal. Uh, yes, they. They would have this incidents where, where uh, rocks would be thrown. And there isn't actually a term for that, which is a grotten dyak, a stone thrower. Did you ever hear of that one, Steve? Uh, no, but there were plenty of stone throwers on most haunted. Yes, there were. There must have been a lot of <laughs> The island of uh, Sumatra. Uh, when they say plenty, uh, there was actually only a couple. But they, they frequented many, many locations. Mm-hmm. Well, if you could, this is right up your... your, uh, your That's right, blame me. Yes, it is. Because uh, the island of uh, Sumatra, formerly part of the Dutch East Indies, and now a part of Indonesia, which is probably not called Indonesia, <laughs> is a place where poltergeist activity seemed to be a common place, and it often reported in newspapers. A famous incident... Uh, in one of the still explained incidents occurred in September 1903 when Dutch engineer working for the Dutch oil 
Company witnessed a strange phenomenon of falling stones. The story was published in the British Journal for Journal of Society of Psychical Research in 1906. I don't have that edition. 1906 edition. Yeah. The engineer was just w. a week before a week or two before my time. Was it? Only by a week or two. So I thought you would be familiar with this incident. It's well documented. You were asking for documentation. This thing is... Hmm. Well, haven't we had cities here, little towns that, that claim to be um, under siege by rocks from nowhere? Yeah, we have uh, incidents right here in uh, New England. Yeah. In uh, Newcastle, the Newcastle stone thrower. Oh, maybe they were the stones from, what is it? What's this thing about coal from Newcastle or something? Uh, uh, never mind. Uh, no, oh, I, I know that I know that saying. Yeah. But something it's, about it's like carrying seven, coal to no. It, no, it's 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 the equivalent. It's the it's an old equivalent of selling ice to Eskimos or refrigerators to Eskimos because Newcastle was a major coal producing part of the northeast, and it was like you know, taking coals to Newcastle completely there. pointless. Thank you. I owe you one. There you go. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, that this this case is well documented. There's pages on this uh, article of the stone thrower of Sumatra. So yeah. I guess they moved on. And it's it was uh, published, of course, in the SPR. So you know it's got to be proper. Well, the SPR... Um in case those want to look up, uh, they can go to the Poltergeist Case Journal for the SPR Physical uh, Research 12, 1906, page 260 to 66. I guess that is page, or is it volume 260 to 66? Every page. And then uh, correspondence in the, in the uh, SPR uh, 1906, 278-331. I should have a look at it next week when I go down to the library. Yeah, you do that. Let us know how you make out. Back. We'll wait here with bated breath. You know what? I'll get there and it'll find it's, um, it's not on the shelves because it's been you know, gremlins. I was just going to say don't. gremlins <laughs> took it. God, we think alike. Okay. Oh, my cursed picture, one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> They're listening in. So just so you know. Yeah, anyways. Well, By the way, which last is, week we were complaining about gremlins affecting the internet last week, and my internet connection is absolutely, absolutely, it happened. Okay. Anyway, so uh, I do want to mention before I do forget that, that today's show, of course, was brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrick Street in Methuen, Massachusetts, a better life through better living, and also the Galant and Messier Family Law Group. So stay tuned. There's we have uh, commercials coming up for both of them, you lucky people. And the letters J and Z and the number five. There you go. So, all right. So we have uh, just about out of time. So no! The no. gremlins did it. No, I, I don't know. If we would like to add any more on this subject, uh, we may. Uh, well, that, that was for the, the the listenership, wasn't it? Because if they have any gremlin stories, or even uh, because one of the things that's very very difficult to find is um, the original 1929 poem. 
So if anybody has a copy of The Aeroplane from 1929 with the original version of the poem that Ron read so well before. Yeah, well, yeah. I would have had the opportunity if I weren't interrupted. You asked me to interrupt. Oh, no, I didn't. Not in the first line. Anyway, moving right along, uh, we want to say it's about a month. You'll be joining us here in, in the United States, won't you? Four weeks today, I shall be, or well, four weeks tomorrow, I shall be boarding an aeroplane, unless British Airways are on strike. Yeah, I know I saw that, but it isn't, they're not striking until Friday, so you, you, you're yeah. okay. Gonna get so, out, though. You may not get home, but that's another that's story. True. That's true, that's true. Yeah, right. Four weeks, four weeks tomorrow, we fly. Right, we have a whole pile of gremlins. Get a get a get a window seat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Drink drink lots of liquor. Uh, anyways, uh, we have a whole pile of events lined up, including Spirit Quest, which is September twenty seventh through the 29th, uh, X Files, which is awesome. Steve will be joining us there. Uh, we also have a couple of Dining Deads, uh, When Ghosts Attack Down in East Bridgewater, and The World's Most Haunted House in the Wyndham Restaurant. Uh, we have a ghost hunt we'll be doing as well. So we've got a lot of I'm, cool I might change one of those talks to When Gremlins Attack. Now you should. You really should. In, in honor of the show. So, so um, Marla, what's, mm. if people wanted to find out more about you, how could they do that? They could go to MarlaBrooks.com and they can find out about the show. And I have a very interesting show, and maybe you'd like this guest down the line with Is Halloween coming up. He, you know what? You know what? He he. He played a gremlin. He played an Ewok. He, he It's Felix Silla, who was the original cousin It on the Adams Family. Oh. And he was also... Uh, Hollywood on us. Yeah, and he was also in Buck Rogers, the 25th Century. He played Tweaky, the robot. Oh, so, another great, great series. Yeah. I, two, do you know two uh, how, they got, how they got away with that Tweaky costume? Beep, 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 beep. No, have I you know. seen his head? What? Yeah. If that isn't a penis... Oh Excuse yes, yes. Okay, oh, okay. Please. I heard I heard a story about that. And um, who was the who was Buck Rogers? Gil Gerard or somebody like that? Gil Gerard, but, yes. Okay, well he and this what, is not going to be on my show. Penis. It's not going to be on this show. But unless I um, call in, there there is <laughs> there is uh, hearsay <clears throat> that uh, Gil Gerard called him the world's biggest penis. Yes. When he was well, in costume. I've, I've been called yeah, that before. I mean, I was a small boy when that program was out there. I, and I immediately, you know, went, oh, just look at Tweaky's head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been a lot of that. Uh, but he, some, yeah, he's got some, some Whoever really designed good... that robot costume, they were either having a laugh. Very tongue-in-cheek, huh? Or, yes. or they hadn't realized what they were doing. Yes, yes. Well, if you want to hear about it, um, Thursday, 9 o'clock. ParaXRadioNetwork.com. Creaky Dreaky. Yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. You should. Oh, what was the name of uh, Buck's female um, co star? Erin, Erin, somebody? I used to have a crush. I had a that crush was on her real name, Erin, somebody, yeah. Yeah, I had a crush on her when I was little. Oh, she was very pretty. My son had a crush on Gillian uh, Anderson. He had, her, he had a poster on the ceiling above his bed. Everybody did. Not me. Not me. All right. Well, David Duchovny then. No, not even. <laughs> I saw uh, a, a really well, cool movie. your boat. Real cool Alan movie the other Rickman day. Did. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver and Jennifer Hewitt. 
Love Hewitt and uh, called The Heartbreak. It's a great movie. Fun. Really funny movie to watch. Old movie, but funny. Actually, I, I know who Ron's first crush was. It was Lucille Ball. I don't think so. I hate redheads. No, actually, I love redheads, but not that red. Okay. She, was black. she was black and white. No, she wasn't. We had a color TV. Yeah, <laughs> with the crayons all over the screen. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Gray, we've been told. Uh, there you is, go. Is, Thank is, you. Yeah. Thank you, CC from uh, Pararex. So there you go. Through that, someone's actually Ellen or Aaron or something. Yeah, because I, I had a crush on a schoolboy crush on him. On Aaron Gray? Well, it wouldn't be Jill Gil Gerard, would it? I don't know. Not in this day and age. You know, you had the Teletubbies, didn't you? Uh, we did have the Teletubbies. <laughs> Say no more. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There you go. Anyways, Molly, we want to thank you for joining us and keeping us on a straight and narrow course. That's impossible, and that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to make it even worse, but that's all right. So check out Mala's show Thursday night when she's going to have some big penis aboard. <laughs> I can't. I should know better than to say things like that in front of Ron. I really should. Yeah, anyway. Ron get, Ron, you should get Ron on his show because his favorite expression used to be dickhead. Well, I, he, I, he will be on my show, him. and I think you too, but we'll talk about that later coming up. You too on your show. Both of you. Yes, it's oh, going to be hell night. Any, anyways, uh, yes, quick story as we're going over the thing. It's, it's, I did call Steve a dickhead one time. He really got mad at me for some reason. I have no clue. <laughs> anyway, Smala, thank you so much. Steve, always a pleasure speaking to you. Always. Mm. Tune in next week when I'm sure we'll do something else. Good night, God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties. Long-leggedy beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.